Hello and welcome once again to the Bioprocess Insider Expression Platform, the podcast that takes a deeper look into the pages of Bioprocess Insider to uh, bring you some exclusive interviews and opinions regarding the biomanufacturing industry. I am, of course, Dan Stanton, the editor and founder of Said Publication. And today uh, I'm continuing my journey back to June 2022 with another exclusive interview from Bio. This time it's Emmanuel Ligna, the CEO of Bioprocess Bender Cytiva. Emmanuel, who is always a pleasure to speak to, described his company's industry survey, which it's doing for the second year, uh, focusing on the resilience of the biopharma industry. Um, the good news is the industry seems to be pretty resilient and is um, taking on board many of the learnings from the past two years with the COVID pandemic. He also gave us an exclusive insight into Cytiva's sustainability report, which should have been published by the time you're listening to this, but was still a couple of weeks off when the interview took place. Again, I'm going to continue um, pumping out these exclusive fireside chats um, taken at the Bioprocess International Theatre so that those who miss the event can actually listen back to some of these insights. If you want to get in contact, then uh, my email is dan.stanton at informa.com, I-N-F-O-R-M-A. And um, apart from that, well, let's just get on with it. Sit back, relax and listen to Emmanuel Ligne. Now, those who aren't aware of Cytiva are unlikely to be aware of biomanufacturing as a whole concept. The company, previously known as the biopharma business of GE Healthcare, is synonymous with the industry, being one of the largest vendors of biomanufacturing equipment and consumables. The company has continued to invest heavily in its global network to ensure supply of upstream and downstream technologies to industry, as well as helping to drive innovation in the sector. So with that, I am absolutely delighted to speak once again with Cytiva CEO, Emmanuel Ligne. Emmanuel, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you. Now, there is so much we could talk about, but with time being limited, I want to focus, if you don't mind, on Cytiva's Biopharma Resilience Index. Now, this large industry survey was first launched, I believe, in 2021 uh, in order to take a snapshot of the confidence in the biopharma space across several pillars. So can you begin by telling us why Cytiva well, took the lead in developing this index and what exactly it looks to measure? Well, I think what we wanted to see down is we wanted to understand better the, the industry around various aspects. You know, what is the industry receiving in terms of helps from the government, for example, regulators? Uh, also, what is the manufacturing resiliency around supply chain? What are the issues that we had? So the best way to do it is to partner with someone um, like the FT, the Financial Times Survey Group, and go and interview, you know, a thousand plus of executive across and see what are the differences between region. And, and as you said, we are a critical actor in this industry. So 
what can we do to help? And uh, I'm going to go through the, the various pillars with you in a second. But yeah. um, overall, last year, um, <clears throat> the confidence, the average confidence across the, uh, the, the five pillars was a score of 6.6 .6 out of 10. Um, what's it like for 2022? Well, I think uh, um, I don't have the figure on top of mine, all right? But I think what, what is happening in 2022, the, the, the feedback that we got from, from most of the executive is that COVID was a wake-up call. All right. I think it was something very, very important that suddenly people realize, wow, we need to do something different. We need to pay more attention to supply chain for sure. We also saw the government reacting very, very well in, in, in many countries. And that was a very, very positive thing. So overall, you know, 63 um, percent, I think, of overall interviewers said that it was a wake up call. And, and, and I think I think it's good. I think it was good for the industry. I mean, the industry did phenomenally well. So. Uh, I think it's important that we learn the lessons from, from COVID and, and we act together. I mean, it's clear COVID has been one of the driving factors in, in the industries, uh, uh, in, the, in the index for this year. You mentioned government policy and regulation. Um, is that, are you seeing confidence with the governments around the world and policies being made following the, um, the things we've learned from COVID or has it fallen down again? Yeah, no, I think there is a few things that, uh, that from COVID happened. I mean, there's definitely, for example, Europe has created something equivalent to BADA. Hera, okay, they have funded it. I mean, we're working with, with Europe uh, Commission and European Union to make sure that we put that in actions. So there are some stuff which have been done at various levels, even locally. I think from a regulator standpoint as well, um, during the COVID pandemic, it, it has also opened up a few things to be done differently, all right? I think the regulator was more um, welcoming um, a change of raw materials, for example, to be able, because because we had constraint. So so there's a few things that, generally speaking, has, has has been very looked at positive. And what you were talking about around mRNA is also another positivity, I think, uh, from from the regulators acting very quickly. You mentioned there this sort of uh, government look at supply chains, but um, what supply chain resilience was one of the pillars of uh, your index. You're at the forefront of supply. Um, so can you talk on whether we're still seeing the supply chain restraints that we've seen over the past couple of years when it comes to uh, bioprocessing equipment and the likes? I think it's getting much better. Uh, we've been hit by some different things, like I think at the very, very beginning was just uh, the incredible demand and, and the entire supply chain has reacted very, very quickly. As, as you remember, we've committed to $1.5 billion of investment across more than 13 different sites. Um, I mean, I think that the, the electronics has been kind of something not necessarily due to COVID, but post-COVID, I think, in terms of the economy. There's a, there's a lack of, of computer chips for sure. But again, I think we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I think what is very interesting is it has changed our strategy. We had a strategy in the past of one center of excellence to serve the world where we can crack on economy of scales. I think we are really looking at in region for regions, closer to the customers, and I think it's also linked to sustainability. I mean, we don't have to ship our product all around the world when you can manufacture, for example, single-use technology in China, in Asia, in Europe, in US for the local customers. And, and I think this is strengthening the relationship, I think. So, so you're really seeing sort of like this decentralized model of... Uh... Yeah, absolutely, Dan. We've, we've opened a new site in the US. We've opened a new site in Cardiff, in, in, in Wales. 
Um, we have uh, a new site in Beijing as well. Uh, we've just opened a new site in Switzerland as well. So I think uh, the, we, we started to see this benefit and, and customers are picking up and they are validating those new sites to, new sites to make sure that they get the product from, from various places. I suppose that falls into the uh, manufacturing agility side of this index, another one of the pillars. Uh, I, last year, I think I actually wrote a story about how uh, industry was looking towards manufacturing agility, and I, I assume, again, the pandemic helped drive that. But what, what else are you seeing uh, customers and the industry looking for when it comes to manufacturing? I think the COVID has, has really opened up as well from co collaboration. I think you talk a bit about what, you, what your, your presentation before. I think... Um, Collaboration is something very, very important in the industry. Um, I think in the last survey, 50% of the interviewers said that they are super optimistic of seeing more collaboration. Collaboration between the government, but between the different industries and also you know, um, between suppliers like, like ours. So I think collaboration is something that we're going to see more of. And, um, you know, this, this index is it's an interesting snapshot, as I said at the beginning. Um, I want to just pick up very quickly on the R&D ecosystem. Uh, we've seen a sudden drop within the last few months, actually, of investment um, and, I guess, confidence in, in, the, in the biotech space. And I'm wondering if, uh, if this is a concern at all or if there's any sort of knock-on effects that we're worried about as a broader industry here. Um, I think if you look on the long term, no, there's... In, in the history, I've been around for 20 years <laughs> almost, Dan, and I think it's not the first time that we see some of those financials uh, crisis and cost of capital just impacting a bit of the VC and things like that. But overall, I mean, there's still the whole world need more of those biologics. Um, there's a very small number of people that can afford them today, so there's a ton of things to do around productivity, around accessibilities, um, and, and I think there's plenty of patients which are looking for cures with mRNA or, or all the, the genomic medicines that we are seeing. And so being able to accelerate uh, those drugs to market and being able to have access to it, I think is going to be something which is going to be around for long term. And then the industry is solid on, on that, I think. So really a minor blip in the landscape. Something that hasn't been a blip, though, it's been talked about uh, pre-COVID and it's continued throughout, is uh, the talent pool. Um, you know, finding enough people, enough skilled workers to service the manufacturing with such large pipelines. Uh, what are you seeing this year? Are you, is there any light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to um, yeah, filling jobs? And <laughs> no, no, I think, uh, I think not yet. It takes time to, to really educate, uh, educate people. But I think it's a question of, of what we're doing, for example, here, just to make sure that, that the industry is, is very well representative and talk about to make sure that we have people passionate and coming and joining this industry, and not only as researcher or PhD, but technician in particular. So again, collaboration, collaboration with NIBIRD, for example, that we've done, collaboration with various universities to make sure that we develop and train those people is, is absolutely crucial. And that needs to be done in many places around the world, and, and we're trying to do everything we can on this side. It takes time. I look forward to seeing the uh, the index next year and seeing what improvements have been made. Um, That's I what we want to do. We want to do it year after year so that we see trend. Oh, fantastic. Well, in 10 years' time, I'll probably present about it on the stage. <laughs> that would be great. I do. I, I know we're pushed for time, but I do want to ask a couple of questions about something that's close to my heart, mainly because my wife is doing a master's degree in sustainability, and she would kill me if I didn't ask a few questions here. Uh, Cytiva is about to publish its own sustainability report. Um, 
So I'm wondering if you can maybe give us a few of your, you know, the top line findings and actions uh, within it. Sure. Um, I think the, the first thing is since we started, uh, we're very keen to measure uh, our CO2 emission. All right. And since 2019, even if the business has really, really uh, grown fast, we've been able to reduce our absolute carbon emission by 5%, all right, the absolute one, all right? And I think this is very important. We've made huge progress as well. I think 40% of our plant now are served with renewable energies. The new plant that we opened, for example, in Switzerland is, is self-sufficient at 40% and the rest by only sustainable energy. This is really something that we are making really good progress. We're very proud about it. We are also putting new processes in, internally so that our own R&D and our own R&D pipeline is coming with products which are sustainable, all right? So we're looking at packaging as well. We have 12,000 products which have been repacked in terms of lighter, in terms of smaller packaging, and, and we will continue to do this. So I think it's fascinating to see that our entire workforce has embraced this and everybody is, is contributing to it. You know, it's not only the CEO, it has to be the entire organization which is moving towards us. And I think the, the, the sustainability report that we're going to publish is, is very significant in terms of evolution and, and, and progress. And you mentioned the Swiss plants there in Grenz that's just opened and the, uh, the renewable energy that is being used there. How about for some of the legacy plants which are, you know, within your network have been going for a, a long time? How easy is it to um, convert them or to make those more sustainable? Um, it takes time, all right, but part of the $1.5 billion of CapEx that we're doing uh, in 13 sites is also to upgrade our sites and making sure that we change our boiler, which are consuming a lot of steam, for example, a lot of water and a lot of energies to, uh, to something much more uh, modern and, and, and sustainable. We've reduced water consumption dramatically as well, uh, which is, as you know, in, in chromatography resin manufacturing in particular, a huge, a huge burden. But very interestingly, those are projects that came from our associates, you know, passionate about sustainable sustainability, came up and said, well, we think that we can change the process and reduce water. And, um, and, and believe it or not, this project in particular not only reduced water, it has also increased output. So everybody's happy. Win-win situation. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, that, that report is being uh, published, I believe, next week, and uh, I look forward to looking uh, It is next week, that. indeed. Doddy on the back, just give me the heads up that it is. Well, with that, I'd like to thank you so much for speaking with Dan, me today. thank you so much. Always a pleasure. As always. Emmanuel Linier, C CEO of Cytiva. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you.